Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things secondhand consignment, resale, vintage, thrift, and sustainable, because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hello, Meredith. Uh, How is your shelter-in-place going? It's going. I feel very grateful that I have my doggy and that I'm able to get access to food and I am currently watching Dawson's Creek for the first time (laughs) um, because I missed it because all I did as a child was do my homework I was very much a goody two shoes or you know now goody billion pairs of shoes so I didn't watch any TV really because I was studying and a lot of this was mostly self-imposed I will say like I didn't have super strict parents I was just like I have to do all my homework perfectly so yeah dork face over here and proud I don't know but yes I'm watching Dawson's Creek for the first time and it is such a nice salve because like it's not I won't call it dumb I wish I had watched it as a kid I feel like it would have just had so much meaning for me but there are no references to technology it's just a bunch of dumb white kids like kissing each other like the whole episode it's 45 minutes of like you it's this was not built for binging like (laughs) nothing happens it's like 45 minutes the first 20 minutes they're freaking out about what happened last episode and deciding whether to kiss each other like minute (laughs) 20 to 30 they kiss each other and then minute 30 to 45 it's like oh my god what are we gonna do we kiss each other and the episode's over (laughs) i also missed dawson's creek when it was in first run i knew the show i probably saw enough of an episode here and there to know who the main characters and actors were I mean I did but I it wasn't really my jam I was also well I'm a little older than you but I was a little older than the kids and that's a it's a very strange like once it's a show about teenagers but you're like a little bit just like on the older end of the teenage years those shows are really hard to deal with because you're like oh my god like I'm like way out of this demographic Totally. And like, that's the thing about like 17 magazine, like their readers aren't 17 to 20, like their readers are younger. So, so yes. Um, But you know, it's hard. It's a hard time. I'm really grateful for a new flux of it never gets old listeners. Um, Please subscribe and rate and review and all those things. But it's nice to take a break and be able to talk about um, what now feels deeply inconsequential, but is still important and fun, which is secondhand fashion. But before we get into our episode today, Sarah, what are you treating yourself to? Well, so I have, 
I work from home. I've mentioned this on the show before. I mean, every so often I have to travel for work, but I pretty much work from home. So I have been very lucky with the extreme change of scenery around these parts because my life day to day hasn't changed that much. However, there are walks I might have taken or errands I might have run that I'm not doing now. And so by and large, I just have more time to sit around eating. And I'm not eating a lot of candy. Um, In fact, I stopped drinking wine just for the month, figuring, you know, I want all my wits about me. Don't need to pile on any more anxiety or bad sleep during these times. You know, let's try to let's try to keep it simple. But I have been trying to at least lean into a little bit more adventurous eating. And one of the things that I discovered, and I feel so stupid that I haven't tried this before, and some of you might be like, Sarah, everyone else knew about this, but I like a good fruit smoothie, but I've been trying to kind of cut down on sugar, which is why I cut down on wine, because wine is full of sugar. And so I was like, eh, fruit smoothie, you know, the banana and the berries and, you know, my vanilla soy milk and the whole thing, like, that's probably a lot of sugar. I should maybe rethink all of the smoothies that I drink all the time. But the other day, I had made a bunch of oatmeal, like good steel cut oatmeal, like nice and thick. And I had a bunch left over and I put it in the fridge for a couple of days and I was sort of like, eh, it's probably not like really, you know, good to reheat at this point and have as oatmeal, you know, you kind of want it fresh. So made a fruit smoothie, put the oatmeal, which was cold, into the smoothie, you know, blended it all together. And I thought, well, this might be weird. And it was so good. It basically just added bulk, kind of like the banana adds. You know, you can't really do a smoothie without a banana. But then there's like some texture. There's almost like a crunchy peanut butter type thing going on. And my smoothie was so thick, I ate it with a spoon. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And way more filling because it doesn't run right through you because you've had like a bunch of complex carbohydrates that you've just absorbed. So that is my little life hack for anybody who loves oatmeal and also loves smoothies. So I had a big smoothie phase a couple years ago. I don't think I ate solid foods for like a while. I was also living in LA and like, I was like, juices only. I've been having some smoothies because in like quarantine panic, you know, a lot of people have been getting groceries. I asked for eight bananas. They gave me eight pounds of bananas. <laughs> um, so I gave, but I, I like asked a bunch of my neighbors, my front desk person. I was like, hi, would you like a bunch of bananas? So I gave out as many bananas as I could. And then they were all going to go bad. So I froze them all. And I like am just such a creature of habit, extreme habit. And I have a banana and a yogurt like every morning. And so I've been blending it because I have all these bananas and I don't want to order more and put strain on already all these like grocery shoppers and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So so we're all just eating and drinking our way through this time uh, so much so that I was taking a walk, you know, without anyone alone, making sure any passerby was six feet away and I decided I wanted a chocolate chip cookie because I saw all these people baking, you know, anxiety baking or just, you know, being inside and thinking about cooking more. And I was I've seen all these things on the Internet about like one single serving cookie, like you can make your own like just one cookie. So I tried it and I failed majorly and burnt my tongue like just now. My, my tongue is slightly burnt. I got back from this walk. I was really excited about it. Like I didn't have vanilla extract, only had coconut flour. Like I still ate it, <laughs> but it sort of tasted like a sad macaroon with chocolate chips. So I will be working on refining my single woman, single serving cookie recipe as the days go on um, when we're not leaving the house. And, you know, I guess that's like my my sort of treat of the week. It's a, a sad macaroon is still a macaroon or something that tastes vaguely like it. I have not heard of the single serve cookie. I am somebody who has very little self-control once something is in my kitchen. It's all bets are off. So if I bake cookies, I will eat them all. 
I mean, maybe not in one sitting, but I mean, I will, I will turn into a monster. So single serve sounds pretty good. And I can't give them to my neighbors because you don't want to give, you know, you don't want to like pass any germs and everyone is being extra careful. So enough about that. So what's on today's agenda that's not a single serving cookie? It's a challenge that was given to me by my friend Caroline Moss, who is a writer, big on the internet, podcast host of G Thanks Just Bought It. We have a whole backlog since April 2019. Sarah, we're celebrating our anniversary of sorts soon. We'll have to have an indoor birthday party. Um, But I did an interview with Caroline, and I love to have my friends give me difficult secondhand tasks and she gave me the task to find a black chanel bag for under 500 dollars. so i have spent the past six weeks furiously searching the internet and i'll take you on the entire journey and what it would even mean to find something at this level so why is this such a difficult ask as you know we did a whole episode on chanel chanel is one of the most expensive and coveted brands that there is and they resell at very high high value. And I would previously have said, you know, Caroline, under $500 isn't really going to happen. And I wouldn't want it to happen because the chances are that it wouldn't be real. So as somebody who has never owned her own Chanel bag, I do know enough about the brand, as you said, to know that they're high end things. This is if you want a Chanel bag, you're going to treat it with care and you're going to expect to pay some money. There are lots of different kinds of Chanel bags. So if $500 is tough you know, is there a certain bag that you'd at least narrow it down to where you'd be like, okay, well, you're not going to get the hobo, but maybe the clutch. So yes, it was a, it was a journey for me. And I love nothing more than a challenge when it comes to secondhand, because I've put in, you know, my Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours, like many, many times over. I need like actually difficult tasks. And this is difficult because first of all, finding a Chanel bag for under $500 that isn't fake and isn't crappy is hard, not to mention black. So when I talk to people about what I do, I always ask them, what is something that you have always wanted that you thought was out of your reach? I use it as a way to teach people that buying secondhand can afford them many wonderful things that sometimes they thought was out of their reach. And that's something I you know preach about on the podcast all the time. I, as I've said before, am a label whore and I love designer stuff. That might be something totally different. It's not necessarily a Chanel bag. However, in all of my time asking this question, the number one request I get is for a black Chanel bag. A black Chanel bag might be the number one resale item, if I had to guess, in high end because it is classic. It's black. It's a versatile color that goes with everything. It's, you know, a very classic signaler status symbol. And it's something that never goes out of style. So when, you know, Caroline said to me, you know, I want a black Chanel bag for under $500. I was like, that's not happening. That's going to be fake or it's going to be so much of a mess that it's a wash. The reason why black Chanel holds so much value is, as I said, it is like the number one thing that people ask for. But it's also most people's like number one coveted object slash their number one reach for like the ultimate object that they want. That's designer. If they want one designer thing, that's it. Well, black matches everything, right? And like you said, if it's black and it's Chanel, how would it ever be something where someone's like, ooh, that's a kind of a crappy bag? It's a must win. But if everybody wants the same thing, it's going to drive up prices and it's going to make the inventory scarce. Totally. So so people want these Chanel's. I did this some in the Chanel episode, but I will break it down again about buying and selling Chanel 101. 
Um, I did a live with a friend of the podcast, Jackie Johnson, and was showing just a vintage Chanel bag I have and signalers of what's real. So I'll go over it for a second. So buying a Chanel bag is something that you have to do really carefully. It's the number one faked thing that exists. You know, Chanel will put out a style one day and then copycatters like in Asia will churn out almost the same bag within one week. So that's one reason why the resale values are very high is that people are wanting to be more cautious and I always encourage people to pay more. Uh, so this idea of under $500 was not something I was initially on board with because this is a big purchase. It's a very expensive thing. You know, you might not get to, right now you can wear it around your living room and like show it off to your plants. But so when you're buying Chanel, you need to just be really careful of fakes. So a couple things to think about. All Chanel bags have different signifiers of what makes it real or not. One thing that I was pointing out on this live that I do was if you have one that is sort of quilted, it's not real if the quilts don't match up. What I mean is a lot of them have a flap. And when you put that flap over the bag and, you know, close it with the latch, the stitching should line up which I will put like in our Instagram, a photo of this. So that's one thing. The next thing, all Chanel bags have a hologram after I believe a certain era, but they should, for the most part, the ones you're buying are going to have holograms in them. Those can be faked. So you need to do your due diligence about whether or not that hologram is in fact real. And then there are authenticity cards, authentication cards, which I think at this point are basically useless, but that authentication card needs to match the hologram. But if you're faking Chanel, like obviously you can match those two numbers. People are faking Chanel boxes, Chanel ribbons, the dust bags that Chanel bags come in. I think one indicator that something isn't real, you can see with photos we're talking about online right now because everyone's only shopping online, is the dust bag that comes in. That's actually harder for people to fake than a lot of the other things. Like you really really need to watch out when you are buying this that you're not you're not getting something fake. There's also an unbelievable wealth of Chanel secondhand right now. I think it will only increase as we're entering a time of deep economic uncertainty. It's something that holds value and people want to make money on. So I think you're actually only going to see more and more Chanel come up even though as I said, the black Chanel bag is still one of the most expensive resale items. We have a whole episode around the idea of trying to weed out fakes, knowing when something's fake, knowing when a deal is too good to be true. But I think you make a really good point, Mayor, that a Chanel bag under 500 bucks is a tough find. But what if you find something for something like 425 and you think, yes, awesome. Well, it's fake. And that's still a whole hell of a lot of money for somebody who's really, really going to plunk down the money for what they think is real. So there's that whole cat and mouse game going on as well of people who are scamming you, but they don't want to be so obvious scammers. And so you have to, something that seems like a pretty good deal, but not really that discounted is, is often fishy too. Yes. So that's what you need to be careful of. I did a mini about like how I see coronavirus impacting secondhand, and that's going to play into this in a second. But I think it is a really interesting time if you are educated and shrewd to get good deals on some of these things. Getting a good night's sleep is truly harder than ever in the times we're living in. And just in general, I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time tossing and turning, just thinking about my business and the podcast. Uh, and some of that has to do with how comfortable my bed is. There's a lot of bedding options these days, but I want to tell you about Attitude. It's very in the spirit of it never gets old, women founded and sustainable. 
super soft. They're made of bamboo. Super breathable if you get really sweaty at night, helps regulate your temperature. They're hypoallergenic, antimicrobial, but really exciting. This clean bamboo process recycles 98% of the water it uses. Every sheet set saves 3,031 gallons of water compared to traditional cotton sheets, free from harsh chemicals, vegan, organic, the most sustainable bedding available. The packaging is eco-friendly. They don't only have sheets, super cute jammies and robes. And it never gets old listeners get a special discount of 20%. If you go to editude.com and enter the promo code INGO, you'll get 20% off of whatever you want. And hopefully you can snooze a little better. Again, that is editude.com. E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E.com. Use the promo code INGO for 20% off. Attitude. Get a better night's sleep. So selling Chanel is a total bitch. I had a couple of black Chanel bags. I only have one that remains that was a gift from my mother. Um, it was vintage, and I'm actually not sure where she got it, but she had it for a long time, and that I won't get rid of. But selling a Chanel bag sucks because it is that one big purchase for someone. It is that most requested item that I get. And so when someone's plopping down a lot of money and it is that one thing they've always wanted, they're going to have a lot of questions for you. So right now, you basically have to be the salesperson. So I said in this mini episode, at least where we are currently, the real real from a consigner standpoint, I send them stuff. I think that my stuff is not going to be put into their system for a while. So when you send stuff to the real real, it'll tell you when it gets to the warehouse, it'll tell you when they what they're accepting and not and when they price it, but a lot of that staff is not there. And then conversely with buying it, they have said they can't guarantee shipment out of a lot of things until April 30th. So it's a lot of do it yourself right now. I would personally hold on to Chanel bags right now until everything writes itself. However, I do think you can get some great Chanel deals right now because everyone is doing it themselves and a lot of the like higher end places like a rebag like a lot of stuff is actually closed. So back to the idea of the black Chanel. There is a huge range, Sarah, as you were saying, like the hobo bag versus the clutch. In resale, I've always talked about buy low, sell high, like the hottest, hottest bag, the trendiest one, which in this case, the 2.55, the classic Chanel bag came out in February of 1955. That's why it's 2.55. That bag is the number one. Like you have the people that want black Chanel bags, and then you have people that want the 2.55, which is the classic single or double flap, two chains, silver or gold. And that will still hold an insane amount of resale value. So I said to Caroline, you know, she was willing to look at bags that weren't just the trendiest of the trendy of the moment. If someone says to me, I want a 2.55 for under $500, I, you know, I would say that's that's never happening. I thought this was a long shot and I made it happen, dear listener. Oh. But uh, but we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. So if I have my heart set on a Chanel bag, the style not necessarily as important. I want that black Chanel bag and I'm willing to look at a few different models. What else should I look at at that point? Because again, we're trying to go sub 500. So the second you get away from the 2.55 or the LeBoy bag, which I'll upload both photos, those are the two that retain the most amount of value that you're never going to find for under $500 unless it is a yard sale. Someone like made a huge mistake. Uh, that's just not happening. Anything that you see for under $500, either of those bags, that is fake, period. 
period. I would love for someone to prove me wrong and I would love for you to get that deal, but that's fake. So the second you're willing to step outside of that, prices go way, way down. If you are willing to get an older style, which I think a lot of the vintage Chanel bags are more interesting than the current ones, then prices start to go down. Then you start to go from like what would be several thousand dollars to a thousand dollars to under a thousand dollars. So I started to absolutely go insane. Systematically, I would send Caroline like 10 links a day. Like, what about this bag? What about this bag? What about this bag? But if you're willing to not get one of the absolute classic styles, you can get amazing stuff at amazing prices. So maybe you're buying a bag from the 80s or 90s. Maybe you're buying a bag that, you know, is a slightly quote unquote dated style. The truth is, is like, if it's a black Chanel bag, it's not really ever going to be a dated style. And what goes around comes back around. So even if it's that older shape, brands are constantly like re-releasing things. Well, and so many other brands have copied Chanel over the years. So the fact that there are certain styles that seem like Chanel bags, but are not Chanel bags just speaks to the fact that it's a bag that people like, even if you're not trying to fake it into someone thinking that you're holding a Chanel bag that you're not. It does seem like that classic look, if Chanel strayed too far away from that, well, it would be a different story, but that's why the company is as powerful as it is right now and certainly in their handbag category. And I think in this moment, in this shitty moment where a lot of scary things are happening, I think that you can get some really great deals. Some people, you know, a couple people have DM me asking about morality around like you know, coronavirus on a on a box, which I'm not going to comment on. And you should, you know, read things and use your own judgment. But what I will say is Poshmark Authenticate, which is if anything is over $500, you actually don't send it to the person you sold it to. First, you send it to Poshmark to authenticate it. They aren't doing that right now because those people are at home and not touching other people's stuff. So I would usually tell people if you're going to buy a big ticket item, do not go under $500 because I want you to make sure it's real. You're kind of on your own right now. And I think for that reason, because also if you're selling stuff, you you won't get your money. People are starting to price things less and under $500 or close to $500. Because if you're a seller and you want to make that quick 400 bucks on a Chanel bag or on anything you're not going to be able to get paid for a long time because if you're sending it off to Poshmark, we don't know when Authenticate will be back in the office. Mm. So that means that you are on your own, but like if you're armed with the knowledge and you do your research, that's when you can find great stuff. I would think that the very uncertain economic times that a lot of us are experiencing right now can work in your favor. Of course, you know, not to make light of the situation, but there are folks that might be hurting a little bit more than usual and getting some quick cash might mean a better deal. And someone actually asked me how I felt morally about that. How did I feel about capitalizing on some of that? And I I think that it's a good time to buy bigger ticket items that people are offloading and you're also giving them money that they need in that moment. Right. So I don't think it's really taking advantage. That's one reason why I did a whole episode on if you're at home and you're uncertain of things, like start making some money on your closet. Like this has been an avenue for me to make money for 20 years and you can sell anything in your house. So I think because of that, a lot of prices of things are going to drop. Another place and way you can get great like a Chanel bag under $500 so I'm obsessively looking at every style that's on a classic style and sending all these links to Caroline is that she was cool with damage so what does damage mean 
We all know what a pristine purse is. I luckily don't buy expensive handbags anymore, but when I had them, you know, I think so much about resale value. I was afraid to touch them. I was afraid to get one scratch because if like if you have a perfect black Chanel bag and it has a tear on the bottom, it tanks the resale value. So I always implore people get down with beat up bags. I love them because like you throw your purse around. I don't want to worry about putting my purse on the floor. Like get down with damage. Sarah, would you do that? Absolutely. Well, I also, I am not (laughs) world's most pristine dresser. Let's just put that out there right now. I also run everything I love the most into the ground. And yeah, it's almost a badge of pride that I wear. Also, I had this black, it wasn't a Chanel bag, but it was a black leather shoulder bag and had a little tassel coming off of it. I got it at some rando. I think it actually was a secondhand leather store back in San Francisco. And it was super gorgeous and some no-name Italian brand. I don't know, maybe I was holding a really cool bag the whole time, but I don't think I paid a lot for it. And I probably used that regularly for about 10 years. And yeah, that was a bag that would sometimes get wet because there'd be like a small puddle on the floor that I hadn't seen. And I'd be like, eh, that sucks. And like wipe it off and like no big deal. By the time I finally had to say goodbye to that bag, it was falling apart. But before it started to actually fall apart while it was still working pretty well, tons of scuffs. I think there was like some nail polish that got like caught on it at some point that I could never get off. And even people would sometimes be like, wow, Sarah, that bag's been around. And I was like, I like it this way. This is a nostalgic bag for me. It will stay with me until it cannot anymore. So I totally get that whole idea of the beat up, well-loved bag, because who's to say that you weren't the original owner anyway? And here's the thing. So totally agree. I love a good beat up bag because then I don't have to worry about uh, reselling it or retaining value. I just like it because I like it. And so keep that in mind if you're thinking about selling things, but also if you're willing to be cool with a scratch, if you're willing to be cool with some wear, like the prices drop a lot. And that is particularly true with Chanel because people are you know, really, really intense about buying it, really, really intense about selling it. Um, And what I always tell people is everything can be repaired. There are these very, very high-end leather spas that I've never, one is called the leather spa. There are like a lot of different places you can send a handbag and it can always be fixed. It might be a couple hundred dollars. Like I've never done that because I just haven't found it worth it. I've just sold stuff and kept stuff in certain condition. But like anything can be repaired is also my opinion. So if you really, really want it to be repaired, fine. So what's the result? Caroline and I found a beautiful, large, probably 1990s, 2000s, black Chanel tote bag with gold chain straps and she got it for $375. Oh my gosh, that's the perfect bag. I love black and gold together. Does she have it already? She has it. I will share a picture. I asked her to FaceTime me. I want the bag to FaceTime me, not her. (laughs) Um, But so what happened was, you know, I sent her endless links and links and links and then we saw this link. And it said there was some damage on the bottom, uh, which people get really, really crazy about black Chanel. And it looked okay. And it looked definitely real to me. I can tell, I could tell by the photos. It was not a style that was so immensely popular that it would be faked as much. That's something else to think about. And I looked at the seller's other listings. They seemed like, you know, a, a stand up person. I asked a couple questions on Caroline's behalf and 
we bid together. I told her what to bid and she ended up getting it for, you know, way less than she wanted to even spend. And that person got to make that sale and it was under $500. So she got that bag and her qualifications was she wanted something big enough to put an iPad in to use as her work bag. And the photos of when she got it, it's even nicer in person than I thought it was going to be. She said the damage was extremely minor because people are ruthless about Chanel. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you can get a black Chanel bag that's real for under $500. Oh my gosh, that's such a happy ending. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I thought, well, when you started the story, because you know, Mary often doesn't really tell me how a lot of this is going to go before we record these podcasts, I thought either... You were going to say, and the moral of the story is, you know, if the deal is too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Or you'd say, I'm, I'm still hunting, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's so great. I can't wait to see this wonderful bag. And well, I don't have $375 right now, but if I did, that's probably what I would want to. And so I think that start getting under $500, people, uh, you're welcome to like slide into my DMs and ask me, uh, you know, within reason. We should probably do some sort of like chat or something. But yeah, it was so, I was so happy. Like nothing makes me happier than when I help someone with an epic quest because I just sort of have this like, a photographic memory is not the right thing, but it's for what people want. If you tell me one thing you want in your life like that, Euro white leather jacket that Sarah still wants that's gonna be lodged in my brain until the end of time and I get really obsessive and it's a great distraction for me in this anxious difficult time um so I was just like obsessively obsessively looking at Chanel bags and sending a million of them to Caroline and then we found the right one and I told her I thought it was real and I asked the seller some questions on my Poshmark and I did my due diligence and it worked out great and it's really, really beautiful and it's huge. So it was, it just made me so happy. I can say from experience that I have definitely gotten the, I, it's sometimes, this always happens really early in the morning for me because I think like you're mid morning, you're hitting your stride, you've had some coffee, you know, so I often wake up and I'm like, whoa, mares on Poshmark, you know, <laughs> getting like white leather jacket, white leather jacket with like cool pockets, white leather jacket with like interesting zippers white leather well maybe it's gray but almost white (laughs) and and it's always like kind of fun because it's like I know you actually really do enjoy this it brings me deep deep joy especially when it's a really tough challenge like this so I will continue to post like insane challenges that people make me go on to the you know ends of the earth to like get that deal get that secondhand object but I had to tell the story because it had a happy ending it just you know it can happen for you. It's there. There are some happy endings uh, that certainly, you know, in the big scheme don't matter, but make warm my heart and maybe warm, warm the hearts of all of our listeners. Well, that's wonderful. And it, I just, uh, you know, I know I work on this show, but if you haven't listened to Mare's interview with Caroline Moss, who I've actually followed on Twitter for many years, and I don't totally remember why that all started. She follows me too. We've never met. But it was it was long before kind of her latest book success and her podcast. So I was learning a lot about her that I actually didn't know. But I know she's really funny on Twitter. And, you know, she lived in New York until recently, blah, blah, blah. Really good interview. Uh, so kudos to you. And also just kudos to her for being super open about the kind of person she was, uh, what she liked about shopping, what she didn't like about shopping. I resonated with a lot of it. It's a, it's a great episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go back a couple eps and, and give it a spin. And we have a whole backlog to keep you company during this time. You know, we want to toe the line between being fun and 
you know, being friends that get to talk on the internet um, and give tips. And we hope you're all staying safe and staying inside. And we love you. Yes, we do. Hey, Mayor, can I just say one more thing before we sign off? So I thought of it because you mentioned the white Eero leather jacket, which, by the way, the hunt is on. The hunt has not ended. Um, So everybody, you know, if you you need something to do, help me find that jacket. But remember during that episode or during one episode when we were talking about it, I mentioned something like, yeah, Eero is something along the lines of a price range of Alexander McQueen. And you were like, no, Sarah, that's not, (laughs) not true. And I spent the rest of the episode being like, why did I think that? Am I really that off? I really thought, I know people who have Alexander McQueen, like handbags and stuff. Like, you know who I was thinking of? Alexander Wang. So I just wanted to put it out there. So I'm, let I'm, the record I'm not, reflect. let the record reflect. I am, I, I get mixed up, but it was mixed up in a different way. Got it. Well, we're all learning on <laughs> It Never Gets Old. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, as well as links to past episodes, other information. Email us at hello at ingopodcast.com. Slide into the DMs at ingopodcast on Twitter or Instagram or mine at Meredith Feynman. And we'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.